good morning. I, I've got a sermon, but I, I have found that my pursuit of God only gets deeper or stronger. I, it's funny, and, and, and I'm getting on, on I, I'm no longer just a young child, although I sometimes think I am. And then I try to jump over a chair, and it's like, no, I'm not. Um, so I am getting older. Um, I think my best days are still here. But I have found that as the older I get, the more I realize, the less I know about him. It's, it's funny. You, you, you think you know everything. You think you understand something, and then something happens, and you realize... I just need him. I just need him. And, and one of my thoughts on a Sunday morning, one of my thoughts is when we here to share, one of my goals and one of my thoughts is that we would get to know him more. So one of my goals when I preach is for you and I to get a glimpse or a bigger picture of who God is. I find that he is, he, he's, you can't reach the depths of his study. It doesn't mean we can't study. It doesn't mean we don't get to know him. But I don't think we will ever get to know him fully. We will spend eternity in heaven with the king. And I believe we're going to have a continual revelation and an unraveling and an opening of who he is. And I have just found that when I thought I understood something, Along he comes and he says, David, there's more. And so one of my goals, one of my biggest goals on a Sunday morning, I, I, I'm a very practical person. When you get to know me, you find out I, I can be very practical. I love to say, here's six things or here's a few things to try. And, and that's part of the way God's made me. But I've also found as I've grown and as I've aged and as I've gotten older, that that is one thing, but getting to know him is the greatest thing. And I have found as I get to know him more, some of those other things grow and get better and I understand them better. But never, ever, ever tire of getting to know God. Never, never get tired of it. I have found his love to be revelatory to me. This past year, we as a church, we've, we've experienced things as a church that not very many churches experience. And it's been a hard year. And what I have found in that time, I've, I've had hard days. I've had sad days. I've had days where I've cried myself to sleep. But what I have found is no matter what mess I'm in, he loves me. I haven't figured it out, but he loves me. I'm a mess, but he loves me. I, I don't have motivation some days. 
Some days I'd rather just do nothing. And he loves me. And he comes to me and he just shows me day after day after moment after moment that he loves me. And he's not looking at a performance. He's looking at an individual. He's looking at a child. And he comes to me and he says, David, I love you. And I cannot tell you how much that has ministered and affected me. And I thought I understood things about his love. And I'm just blown away because you know what? I can't do it. And yet he comes to me and he says, I love you. And we've been talking about things, about this is a house, and one of the greatest things I think about this is a house, this is God's house, this is the house of God, but one of the greatest things about this is a house is this is a house of love. Because God is love. Can you imagine what love would look like if we didn't have so many hang-ups? Don't look at me like we don't have hang-ups. We've got them. Whether it's the colored skin, whether it's an accent, whether it's this or that, we have hang-ups. And I've had some crazy hang-ups this year, and God just consistently comes to me and he just reminds me he loves me even when I don't feel like it he loves me even when I say I just I'd, I'd like to just escape somewhere I'd just like to take some days off I'd like to just he just says David I love you I'm not sure we'll ever understand the depth of his love. I'm not sure. But I am committed to getting to know him more. I'm committed to getting to know him more. And today, we're talking about this is a house of love. And one of the things I've I, I got, God is love. If you want to get a great picture of what this is a house looks like and God's love is you look at God. For instance, while we were enemies to him, he died for us. And, and, and we say, well, I, I grew up in church. I, I literally fell asleep underneath the pew. Uh, I once threw up in church. Not that the preaching was bad. I just wasn't feeling well. I, I, I grew up in the church week after week, and it wasn't just a Sunday morning. It was Sunday morning, Sunday night, midweek, and then there was other activities and connections. And I mean, church life has changed drastically in the last 20 to 30 years. I grew up in church. I, I spent time in church. And yet I'm amazed at how little I know of him. I'm amazed at how, how much he loves me, how much he cares for me. And it starts with God is love. While I was yet a sinner, 
while I was a stranger, while I was an enemy, he said, he's worth dying for. Can, can we just break that down for one moment? Anybody here, don't raise your hands in this just in case, you know, you, I, I don't want you to, but does anybody here have somebody that you would consider an antagonist? Okay, don't raise your hand, but it's like, you know, I like him, I like him, I like him, oh, I like him, I like him, oh. you know, like every time I do something, this one individual wants to cut me off at the knees. Every time They want to bully me. They want to shame. I mean, I'm sure that we've all, and whether you don't have one now, I'm sure we've experienced somebody in our past that rubbed us the wrong way. And that individual was the last person that I would ever want to do something good for. In fact, I would want them to experience what they made me go through. Now, I, I'm, maybe I'm a little vulnerable this morning, but I look at that and I go, would I give my life for that person who used vulgar language and was swearing at me? Would I use and give my life for their benefit? And Jesus, knowing these things, said, I'll do it. And he died the most gruesome death. His love is unsearchable. So when we talk about this as a house of love, I'm not sure we're going to get it right every single time. Because if we did, we'd have it all figured out. And I'll be honest with you, we're still figuring it out. Helping people, loving people who have no ability to pay you back. There have been some people I've been involved with where I have helped them. And you know what? They didn't pay me back they actually came back and asked me to help them some more. And I'm a real practical guy. That just doesn't, <laughs> that doesn't track. It's like, uh, have you ever sat down with somebody? Can you just imagine? This is what I did for them. I drove them here. I did this for them. I provided that for them. And you know what? They came and they asked me for more. And, and we, we, Define love based on our limits and our abilities or our tendencies. And God says, no, love isn't based on what I equate things. Love is based on who God is. And his love compels me. In fact, his love commands me to love my brother and my sister. We've walked away from commands in society. We've walked away from that in order to give everybody the power and the ability to make up their own decisions, their own minds, their own thoughts. And what we have done is we have slipped and strayed and drifted away from the gospel, which puts a command and compels me to love, even if I don't feel like it. 
But what I have found when I have done that is I have found his love for me has just been so strong, so real, so powerful. It's like, David, how can I not love when I've been a mess and look how he's loved me? He knows our thoughts. He knows the intent of our heart. We might be able to smile and to wave at everybody, but inside we're like, if I don't see them again, I'll be happy. I know none of you ever think that. But we got this list. Some of it's, some of it's a long list. Some of it might be a short list. But it's like, you know what? People I could do without. And God says, no, love them with the love I have. Can I tell you that's hard? And I'm not trying to make us feel bad. What I want us to do is get a picture and an understanding of God in his love that surpasses what we think. And I, I hear preachers. I hear a lot of them. I hear philosophers or people who are self-help and, and gurus and how to think. And, and what happens is we have defined things, but we have forgotten to use the word of God as the definition and the standard for my life. And I will not do that for you. I cannot. I must define my life based on his word. I must define love based on him, not on me. Love is not based on my conveniences or my ideas. Love is based on who he is. And I have found he loves me even when I'm a mess. And I can't tell you how thankful I am. for his love for me. And I talked earlier about worship. If you want to touch God or have God touch you, one of the greatest ways you do that is through worship. I know the miraculous. I understand that. I believe in it. But I also know that the miraculous happens sometimes in a worship. I would suggest to you the barriers seem to be released or lowered when we sit and worship more than when I just stand here and talk and preach. There's something powerful that happens in worship. So what you do is develop a lifestyle of worship. Get, get, uh, use technology. There's, there's worship music on the radio. There's worship music online. And there's some amazing good worship music out there. And fill your house with music and worship. Take a worship break. You say, well, gee, you know, that stuff I did as a kid. And now we think it's like, no, I can't do that. I've outgrown that. No, I still need it. I still need it. Love is not a formula. Love is not do this, do this, try this. Love is a person. And God is love. 
in First John, got a couple verses. I'm not going to get to my full sermon. But in First John, if you want to read a lot about his love, read the book of First, Second, and Third John. First John three one, it says, "Behold, what manner of love is this." that we should be called the children of God. I find that amazing. He calls us his children. He, he doesn't say, hey, I want you to do this, this, and this, and then. He calls us his children. You are a child of God, which makes him your father, which makes you part of a family. I think we've disconnected those relationships. I think we've disconnected or disassociated our thinking from realizing I'm part of his family. If you read 1 John, there are some amazing things. In fact, he says, you know, like, if you follow me and you abide in me, you don't sin. He makes some amazing statements about how God impacts and imparts into our life. And it's because of his love. I found when I read 1 John that his love isn't, an independent um, entity from him. It is who he is, but our faith is connected to our love. Our relationships are connected to his love. Our way that we live is connected to his love. Everything we do, it's not that they, these things stand alone, but they're all connected one with each other. If you read, you find out that it says that we're part of a family, and then it says we love. He says, you want to know how they know that you're my disciples, how you follow me? It's by your love, one for another. This is my commandment, that you love one another. And so we find that love is so interconnected. It's not just words. Love is actually actions. 1 John 3 18, it says, don't just love in word, but in deed and in truth. Love is freeing. I think of my grandchildren. When they're around their mom and dad, there is a freedom that they have because they know mom and dad love them. And they will do things, say things, and behave in a certain way that sometimes isn't correct, but they know that mom and dad love them and care for them. And yet when they come to a stranger, they won't behave like that because they don't understand and the perfect love that mom and dad have for them releases them to be free. Have you ever seen a child approach their parent and ask for, for something ridiculous? Anybody ever experienced that? It's like, my child asks for this? What do they think I am? Why do they? Because you have displayed a love to them that causes them to think they can have whatever they want. That's a good thing. That's a good thing. That means that they are getting, because what happens is you as a mother and a father, what you are doing is you are painting a picture of them to them of what God is like. Well, I've actually, I've done all my notes here this morning. I, I didn't realize that, but I have. I, I want to, 
I want to encourage you to explore God not in a way that you know him, but in a way that you want to get to know him. Don't approach him as if you know it all. Approach him as if wonder and amazement and going, you're amazing, God. I need to understand this more. And I have found myself that Sometimes it's so simple and yet so profound how he loves me. How he loves me. When I would disqualify myself, he says, David, I love you. I, I don't know how to close this service except to just to, I, I just want to encourage you to pursue and get to know God. I don't want to overcomplicate it. Get to know him. Say, God. And, 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 and acknowledge, realize, and, and if, 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 if I can be so bold as to say none of you here are perfect, can I be as bold as that to say that? None of you here are perfect. And yet, God loves you. Now, if I can stretch that a little bit. How many of you have had a thought that wasn't a good thought about somebody else recently? Don't raise your hand. I want to tell you something. He still loves you. Doesn't mean we continue thinking like that. In fact, what that does is that compels me and causes me to go, man, thank you, Father, that you love me even though I'm a mess, even though I'm in trouble, even though I do things that I shouldn't do. Thank you that you love me, that you care for me, that you help me. Thank you that I don't have to qualify. Thank you that this is unconditional. Thank you that you just say, David, I'm here for you. And I, I, you don't need to run around and do, David, I'm here for you. Thank you. His love is so powerful. This is a house of love. I want people... I want you to walk away today with a feeling, an awareness, a touch, an acknowledgement of his love for you in a way that maybe you didn't think of when you came in the doors today. May we grow in the wonder of our King. This is the most awkward sermon I think I've preached in a long time. I have defied all the rules of homiletics and hermeneutics and everything else. And I've probably defied all these other rules of public speaking. I just want you to know God loves you. He loves you.
And because he loves me, I can love. Because of his love for me, I can love. Amen. The Lord bless you. The Lord keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. May this week be a week of greatness in your life. God bless you. Thank you for letting me ramble. Amen. Have an amazing week. Thank you.